for the second reading, St. Paul says, uh, it was not made known to men in other generations as it has been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body and co-partners in the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. The um, What in the world are Gentiles? I don't know. And so whenever we don't know a word, what do we do? We just skip over it, right? We'll just go on to something else, right? No, no. This word Gentile is going to come up over the next 12 months all the time. Gentile, Gentile, Gentile. Um, another word for Gentile is pagan. Pagan, Gentile. Another word for Gentile is nations. Nations, Gentiles, pagans. That's us. Pagans are us. Have you seen the news store? Gentiles are us, right? It's right next to toys are us. Um, we're the Gentiles. And so um, Gentiles, according to the Jews, are everybody who's not a Jew. My parents were not Jewish. My ancestors were not Jewish. Your parents are not Jewish. Uh, your ancestors are not Jewish. They were Gentile. You're Gentile, pagan, the nations, according to the Jews. And who are these three wise men? They're the first Gentiles. They're the first pagans. They're the first of the nations, the first non-Jews to visit uh, Jesus at Bethlehem. Up until this point, everybody who's come and gone, they've been Jewish. And now it's time for the, the nations, the pagans, the Gentiles, that the light of Christ extends even to us and to those who come after us. So um, this is the feast of the Epiphany. God manifests himself even to pagans, even to Gentiles, even to the nations. Exactly. Um, the um, Christ, um, Christ has made himself, um, Christ who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, has made himself poor. In order to make me rich. In order to make you rich. Um, uh, yesterday at the four o'clock mass, uh, I mentioned that uh, this was my last mass at Blessed Sacrament. And I went on and on for 20 minutes uh, talking about you know, back then, you know, the what happened back then and all the circumstances, all the details with the move from Blessed Sacrament to here. Um, I'm not going to do that anymore. I didn't do it after that mass. I'm not going to do it anymore. I went on and on and on. Here's the here's the the pull quote. Here's the important part of all of that. Why all of the hubbub uh, back then, 11 year ago, years ago? What was so important? Uh, what was all the fuss about? Here it is. Um, I wanted the people there at my last parish, Blessed Sacrament, to know that um, there was somebody who loved being there with the poor. Um, somebody was there um, who loved being with the poor, working with the poor, who would fight for the privilege of working with the poor. Yeah. Now, um, I did everything I could to stay there, and they, they saw somebody fight to stay there. You know, the poor often see, oh, too bad, I'm being moved. Bye. Um, isn't that nice? Um, well, then I got moved out here. And if you, if you see there in the bulletin, it's been there every week. 
since October uh, of 2013. Of the nine counties that make up the Diocese of Dallas, of the nine counties, Hunt County, the one we're in, it's the poorest of the nine counties. So um, I am very fortunate to be working here um, with the, uh, the poor in Hunt County. And I'm looking at people who have made that possible. Um, so, so many times over the, uh, the years, I've tried explaining what happened back then. Yesterday, I took 20 minutes. If I sat down with you, just you, with a cup of coffee over an hour, barely scraped the surface. So I'm just going to let it go. I'll probably go back on it a million times later on. But at least, uh, um, uh, why? Why? Because um, in this gospel today, there are four kings. There are the three kings, and then there's King Herod. Oh, wait a minute, there's the other one. What's his name? That's right, Jesus. There are five kings in this gospel. The three kings plus King Herod plus the king of kings and lord of lords. But uh, King Herod really isn't a king. He's a steward. Um, He's a servant. And the three kings, um, uh, I like to think of the three kings as being models for, for me. And yet, how many times I think, oh yeah, I've learned lots of lessons over the last 11 years. And then I end up acting like King Herod. Um, and I don't want to see a show of hands. Oh yeah, Father, that's right. No, <laughs> of course it's right. The, uh, um, but here's, here's why. King Herod and the three kings, they think in totally different ways. The three kings have traveled a long way um, at great personal sacrifice to do what? It says here, they prostrated themselves and did him homage. What does that mean? Here, let me show you what it means. Yeah, like a tree falling over. That's what they did. When they came into Bethlehem, no, they didn't kneel down. They did this um, in front of the little child, Jesus. And they did him homage. And they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Friends, one, two, three. Three gifts. Three kings, three gifts. Gold represents material wealth. Uh, Frankincense um, represents prayer and adoration. Uh, Myrrh represents death. Death. So um, there's no one here. Everyone here, I'm looking at you, everyone here is incredibly wealthy. Oh, not me. No, not me. When you're going home today, you're going to pass at least one cemetery. You Compared to those people in the cemetery, you are wealthy. I am wealthy. Compared to them, why? Because we're alive. We're living and breathing and acting. And we can serve him or not. So many times, so many times we're tempted to live as King Herod did. King Herod knew where Jesus was. And he didn't go, didn't lift a finger. Oh, uh, come back and tell me, and I will uh, go and adore him. Bethlehem was itty bitty. Um, what he couldn't, he couldn't take that short trip. What he had, his calendar was so full of things to do. Um, yeah, and isn't it interesting because, like King Herod, so often um, 
people choose not to go to church. People choose not to go to church on Sunday. People choose um, not to share what they have with the poor. People choose not to pray to God. People choose not to get ready for death. So instead of acting as the three kings, um, they, we, me, we, we act like King Herod. King Herod got this news. He had three great ambassadors. In fact, the three kings served as official ambassadors for the king of kings himself. Uh, so King Herod couldn't say, well, I didn't know. Nobody told me he was born. Yeah, you got the message. Three kings came and delivered the message. Three kings came and talked to you. And then King Herod got his uh, scribes and um, elders out, chief priests and scribes, and, and asked them where he was to be born. And they told him. So King Herod knew. He didn't lift a finger. In fact, King Herod sent soldiers there to kill the little baby boys, three years old and younger, because he wanted to kill the king, the king of kings and lord of lords. Um, people tell me the truth or they tell you the truth. Sometimes we don't like it. We want to lash out at them like King Herod did. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy to be a, uh, a Gentile, a pagan, one of the nations. But the light of Christ is extended to me and to you. Um, so, um, the three gifts, uh, material wealth. Uh, yeah, you every day, I every day, have to consider how we can serve him in serving the poor. Now, when I serve the poor, I do it perfectly every time. Every time. Perfectly serving the poor. Yeah, right. And the same for you. If you have children or grandchildren, the first poor you're going to serve are your kids. Not someone else's, not the kids across the street or down the block or over there, your own. And then you go out from there. Uh, but as parents and grandparents, you start to serve the poor by serving the poor in your own family. And then you move out from there. And that's going to take material wealth, isn't it? Um, the, um, um, as I said, the poor who are helped from this church... That's made possible through you. Um, it doesn't come out of the sky. It comes from you. Now, let's go on to frankincense. Outside this church, there's a little statue of St. Francis of Assisi. He lived about the year 1200, so about 800 years ago he lived. People say, oh, I love St. Francis. Uh, St. Francis was so smart. Um, St. Francis said about incense, about frankincense, you know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When um, at the Mass, the priest has uh, some charcoal that's lighted. It's in that gold vessel at the end of a chain, right? That's called a thurible. When the priest puts on incense, and we use real frankincense, um, when the priest puts frankincense on the, the hot charcoal, uh, smoke is created. And, um, the, uh, and where does the smoke go? It goes everywhere. Some people say, oh, I don't like incense. Um, well, what did St. Francis say about blessed incense? Have you ever noticed? Uh, the uh, altar servers come over, I put the incense on, and then I bless the incense. No, it's not incense. It's blessed incense. Like water is blessed. It's called holy water. 
this incense is blessed. It's called blessed incense. Um, and wherever, whenever you're sprinkled with holy water, the blessing that was on the water is now on you. Oh, good. Well, the blessing that's on the incense goes to wherever the smoke goes. Sometimes it'll fill the whole church, right? So that means you're surrounded by a blessing. This is what St. Francis said often about blessed incense. He said demons. Demons flee from blessed incense. So I always like to t- I always like to try to remember now who was it who didn't like blessed incense? <laughs> I'm making a list, checking it twice. Also, Miss So and So, Mr. So and you don't like blessed incense? Okay. The um, so, um, uh, but to to carry this further, there is no one here who would, who, who who can find it impossible throughout the day to turn. Uh, turn to God and lift your mind and heart to God. You know, the incense, when it when it's put on the charcoal, it causes smoke and the smoke goes up. Just as the smoke goes up, we pray that it carries our prayers before the throne of God. Read the book of Revelation. That's what happens in heaven. Um, it, it, angels are pouring buckets of incense uh, onto burning coals and the smoke that rises to the throne of God is the prayer of all the faithful. Well, that's just what it says in the Bible. But, I mean, who cares what it says in the Bible, right? Exactly. So, friends, uh, gold. Yeah, we have to share our material wealth with the poor, uh, just as these three kings did. We, we have to take our day and pray to God to lift up the, the poor and others around us to God. And then um, myrrh. What in the world is myrrh? I don't know. It's a word I don't know. So let's just skip it like Gentiles. Just, you don't know a word? Just skip it. No. Myrrh. Um, myrrh me is, a, is a spice that was used to prepare the dead. Uh, just before Christmas, some friends of mine, I've known them about 20 years. they got a beautiful family, six kiddos, um, somewhere near Dallas there. Um, their their son, their oldest son, was almost 25. He was living down in Austin. He had a fever, so he took off work or took off school and went home and went to bed. He died. Hey, wait a minute. You're not supposed to die before you're 25. Isn't, some, isn't it written somewhere? He was healthy. T- caught him totally by surprise. Uh, all these things, uh, gold and frankincense, are getting us ready for death. Think of that on your way home as you pass that cemetery. Once they were up and walking around just as we are. Um, Friends, our lives are of no consequence. Our lives are not important. Our lives are zero if we're not imitating the three kings. If we follow King Herod, our life is a zero. In fact, we're in a negative territory. Because these three kings... um, well, think of it, ladies. You, you can appreciate this. The three kings were three men. How many times have you ladies heard, no, why don't you just fix something here? Let's just stay home. <laughs> These three kings are three men. And where do you think they wanted to be? Home. Home. Home, right? But they weren't. They were following, they were following the, uh, the star. That was a great sacrifice to them. Um, 
a great personal cost. They want to be at home in the garage or the laboratory or their workshop. They don't want to be on the road like that. Uh, and yet they are. Friends, these three kings need to be explained to your children and your grandchildren, your nieces and your nephews. They're not going to get this in public school, are they? Right? Right? Oh, my kids will get this in public school. Right. What are you, dreaming? You're one of the people here already asleep. The, um, these three kings are the first Gentiles, the first pagans, the first of the nations, the first non-Jews to, to meet Jesus. And what they are and who they are and what they did is how we should live as well. Not like King Herod. King Herod, he gets upset and everybody else gets upset. It says, uh, King Herod heard this and he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. How many times has that happened to me? I get mad and everybody's going to get mad with me. Yeah, no, we can't do that. We got, we got a great model here, these three kings. Uh, why? Because we're heirs. St. Paul says it in that second reading. It was not made. It was not. It was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit, that the Gentiles are co-heirs. The Gentiles are members of the same body. The Gentiles are co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. In the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit.